you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17 this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, this, is is, this is not a message or this is not a story that not one of us of, is aware of this morning. We've heard it from the very beginning of our time of being in the Bible. We've heard it even if you people that has not been in church. Uh, this story is very familiar. Everybody knows the workings of the story. They know the ins and outs of the story. But I want to use this story just to do a springboard into the message this morning that God has laid on my heart. And I, I pray it be a help to you. And I believe it's what we need in the time that we live in this morning and what we're facing today. I believe this message just hits right on target this morning. Uh, chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, verse number uh, 48, let us stand. First Samuel chapter 17, verse number 48. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, and David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Now, four times in your Bible you'll find that David ran in this chapter, ran. Uh, you find him running. He's not running away from something, but he's running towards something. Four times in this chapter you'll find that. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slinged it and smote the Philistine in his forehead. And the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face upon the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut his head off therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Let us pray. Father, we come before you thanking for all the mercy and grace and love and that you've shown us today, Lord. We come to just praise and lift your name up. And Lord, I pray that you encourage us this morning and lift our souls up this morning. Help us, and Lord. We just pray for, that you'll be, be with us throughout this week, Lord, and through BBS, Lord, and your hand will be upon it, Father. And we'll praise you for that. Lord, empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit. And in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. There is not one of us here this morning that does not face personal giants in their life. We call them all kinds of things. We see illustrations of stories of these. Uh, uh, we call them mountains. We call them valleys. We call them storms. Uh, you can call it whatever you like to call it. Uh, uh, but there's there use of the thought of giant here this morning that help us. An obstacle that's immovable. Enemies that we cannot beat on our own or within ourselves. Your giant may be some sort of addiction this morning that you can't seem to get over it this morning. Your giant may be some sort of mental hurdle that you have to deal with year in and year out of your life. Your giant may be some sort of character or emotional that uh, uh, you got a hold of and, and it seems like you win and you know, later down in life that same character, that emotional comes back in your life. It seems that we get a hold on things. I, I don't know what your giant is in your life this morning. I know that I have personal giants in my life that I have to deal with. And, and it seems like the giants uh, come back more and more. 
I found out that uh, the older you get and the more you walk with God, there will be always new giants in your life. If you study the life of David, there's not only this giant he faces here, but uh, later on in the chapter you'll find that uh, he also faces the brothers of Goliath. It's always seems the devil will throw new giants at you no matter what you're doing. No matter where, how big your giant is, you may defeat the day. You can rest assured that there's another giant down the road that you'll have to face. There's always the giants trying to hinder you from doing what God has laid in your heart to do. There's always giants that's trying to hurt you or keep you from being a child of God. You say, preacher, I, I know how to defeat my giant. It's right here in the Bible. The text tells me how to defeat the, Bible, uh, the giant. If you're going to whip a giant, you have to have, like do what David did, you're going to have to have a sling. If you're going to defeat a giant, you're going to have to do what David, David did, you're going to have to get a stone. Uh, if you're going to defeat, uh, defeat the giant, you're going to have to do what David did. He, he had a sword. Uh, I agree with you. There was a sling in the story. There was a stone in the story. and There was a sword in the story. But I submit to you this morning, that was not caused what gave David the strength to defeat the giant in his life. I don't believe this is the object that took the whip the giant's life. What David does on the battlefield when he whips this giant, defeats this giant, is what he did prior in the battlefield. The thing, what he did in his life prior to the battlefield that gave him the victory that he had is what sustained him, that prepared him to meet and face this giant at this time. David's private life prepared him for the event that he stood for today. Even before he ever steps out on the battlefield, what David was doing in his life and years before prepared him to face this giant. It gave him the victory that he needed when he stood before this giant. It seems like a lot of Christians today expect giants to just fall down at their feet because they go to church and carry a Bible. Because they claim the, the, to be a Christian because they say they know Jesus Christ. They expect the giants just to fall down. But they miss the essential part of preparation that leads to victory in life. Do you realize victory does not happen by accident? Victory comes because you have prepared and trained and you have made a, things ready in your life so when you face the giants, when you face your problems, when you face your mountain, your storms, whatever you call it, whatever, when you face them, you got something laid up inside of you to be able to combat with. You realize that there's not one soldier that when he drafted in the military, joins the military, they just don't take and hand him a weapon and put him some fatigues and say, hey, there's the battlefield, go at it. No. 
They don't do that. Actually, they, they take and they, they start training you. They start pushing you. They, they want things to get into your life. They, there's training on the enemies. There's training on the weapons. There's training, a, a mental training. There's physical training. They've got all these tra- trainings that you must go through before they even put you out on the battlefield. And the reason why you go through the training is so that then when you hit that battlefield, you've got something stored up inside of thee that you know that you need to do this and it will help you to combat your enemy. Listen, what we're doing here today is preparation. We're preparing ourselves this morning. I understand that preparation sometimes is boring. I understand that. We come to church on Sunday, Sunday night and Wednesday, and I understand this, that, that some Sunday nights, some Sunday mornings, and some Wednesday nights, it's boring. I sleep sometimes myself during the service. But what we're doing, we're preparing ourselves to fight the giants that we're going to face in life. And let me just say, you might defeat one giant here today. You might defeat one uh, tomorrow. But let me just say this. When you start preparing things in your life to face those giants that's coming in your life. What you're doing today, you're preparing yourself to face the giant tomorrow. Face the giant Tuesday. Oh, praise God, if we can get back Wednesday hadn't faced a giant, we're good. But I guarantee you, Thursday roll around, Friday roll around, Saturday roll around, there's going to be some giant step in your life. And if you're not prepared, if you're not ready, you're not going to be able to face them like David did. David went out there with confidence. Preaching this morning on having confidence to face your giants. Having the confidence the face of John. I find that Joseph faced the giant of lust in his life. He, he was down in Egypt by himself. Mom and daddy wasn't there. His brothers wasn't there. He is in Potiphar's house. And, and the Bible says he was a good looking boy. And he's good. And, and Potiphar's wife, uh, she saw that. And she said, you know what? She started wearing those little leggings days around there and trying to entice him to look her way. Uh, and, and David's looking at him. And all of a sudden, they find all the servants gone. And Potiphar's gone. And, and then she tried to entice him in the bed uh, and trying to get him there. And David said, hey, I cannot do this great sin against my God. It did hit, that decision was not made right then and there. That decision was made way back in day, uh, Joseph's life. He had instilled in him back in his early years that he would not sin against his God. He said, hey, uh, I'm prepared. When that situation rises in my life, I'm going to be able to stand. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? He had the confidence that he would face that giant. I, I, I read about Daniel. He, he, he faced the giants of compromise. He was in the land of Babylon. Without his mom and without his daddy, he was all by himself. Nobody was there. And they brought the portion of the king's meat to him and said, Hey, here, take this. Daniel said, oh no, I can't do that. Daniel knew that he could not partake of that king's meat and still be clean before his God. He says, I can't do that. 
I cannot partake of that. I cannot partake of that and have fellowship with God. I can't do that. David and Daniel had made up his mind long before this time that he's going to stand before God. He's going to be, he's not going to have compromise in his life. Daniel looked at him and said, I, I can't do it. The Bible says Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. And you know what Daniel did? He had already had purpose in his heart long before he ever got to that point in his life. I'm not going to foul myself before God. My mind is made up. When it comes time to compromise, I've made my mind up. We've talked about it this morning. What are you going to do when the world says you can't do this, can't do that? Are you going to side with the world or are you going to side with God? You've got to decide in your life. I find if we're going to worship, we've got to side with God. I find that we're going to whips and giants in our life. There's some preparation that you and I have to do in our lives. Preaching on the having the confidence this morning on defeating the giants that you face. Uh, look at chapter number 16. Look at chapter 16. There's some things in David's life that I believe that we apply to our life that we can see that we can still face our giants with the confidence. I can stand before my giants knowing that God is with me. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to wait until I get to that moment to make my mind up. I'm going to stand for God. You need to make your mind up right here and now that you're going to stand for God. You're going to live for God. You're going to worship God. Don't give in to what the devil says. Don't give in to what the world says. You decide in your life. You're going to serve God no matter what. David prepared himself. You and I need to prepare ourselves for the things that you and I are going to face. You say, what giants are we going to face? Brother, there's some giants coming. I, I don't mean the nine foot tall guys. I don't mean them. There's some things that you're going to have to face in your life determine whether you are going to be able to stand with God or be like some people and compromise. David shows us some things that we can do to get ourselves prepared to do what God wants us to do. First of all, he was steadfast in his place. In chapter 16, Samuel shows up at Jesse's house. God had told him uh, that one of his sons, Jesse's sons, is going to replace King Saul. And Samuel goes to Jesse's house and, and, and seven of his sons had passed before Samuel except David. And the Lord said, none of these are who I'm chose. Look at verse number 11 of chapter 16. And Samuel, Samuel said unto Jesse, oh, hear all your children. Hey, is this all you got? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> And he said, well, there, there remaineth that little run I have down there, my youngest one, he's down at the field down there. And behold, he keepeth the sheep 
And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. Look at verse number 19. Now he's in his father, in verse 11, he's watching the sheep. In verse 19, wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David, thy son, which is with the sheep. He's with the sheep again. In verse number uh, 17, chapter 17, verse number 5, 15. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. We find that even though David had been anointed to be king, he's been chosen by God to be king, and he's been singled out by Saul to come and play the harp at the palace, David still is steadfast in his place. His task has not seemed to be much No, nobody else. It don't look like as much to anybody else, uh, but God in heaven looks down and sees that this young boy is doing exactly what his father told him to do. Uh, he ain't doing anything else it might not look like much to you it might not look like much to his brother but he's faithful into what God had told him to do amen David's out there feeding the sheep David's out there attending to the sheep he's there watching over the sheep making sure that they don't get lost or fall prey to an animal David's doing something that other people think is not important He's staying steadfast. He's staying steady doing what his father told him to do. Listen, if you're going to defeat the giants in your life, you've got to be steadfast in the place that God has placed you. Whatever God has told you to do, wherever God has placed you, you've got to be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable in the place that God has placed you. You've got to be steadfast in what God has told you to do. You need to be steadfast right there in your place. Christian, you, you need to make up your mind, I am, I'm going to either be steadfast in the place where God has put me. It, it may not always be fun. It may not be the glamour job, amen. Hey, you say, hey, I empty the trash. I do this, I, I vacuum the rug. Uh, it, it may not look glamour. It don't look like a lot of people get glamour. I, I, I'm going to do what God told me to do. If God has commanded me to do this, if God has placed me here, I'm going to be faithful where God has said to do it. If God has laid in your heart to do something, and let me just say, you ought to be faithful to whatever God has laid in your heart to do. And can I say this? Got steel toe shoes on this morning. If God has placed you here, you ought to be faithful here. Amen. Ooh, that hurt mine. Amen. You be faithful, steadfast. If you want to defeat the giants that you're going to face in your life, it may be tomorrow, it may be somewhere down the road, it may be later this month, or somewhere in your life, you're going to face a giant. And the first thing, prepare yourself to face that giant. You've got to be steadfast. You can't quit. I see too many quitters today. Times get rough, they get gone. Amen. Get a little upset, they get gone. I didn't get the glamour I wanted. Nobody shook my hand. Nobody patted on my back. Praise God, ain't nobody shaking anybody's hand nowadays. We all should get mad and go home. Amen. But we come up with a new one. You're going to wing them now. Just wing them now, buddy. 
If you're going to help get something to help you to whip your giants down the road, I've got to be faithful in the little so God can make me ruler over much. If you, if God uses you in something, you've got to be willing to be used in the small things first. If you're not willing to be used in the small things like David attending the sheep, he's watching his sheep, that's his job, that's his function, that's what he's been told to do. You cannot be faithful in that God cannot make you in the big things. Why was God willing to use David in something big? Why was God willing to use David to stand before this giant? Because David didn't mind hanging out on the backside of the wilderness. With nobody there, no fanfare, no, whoo, look at him go, look at him do this. There was nobody there patting him on the back. It was nobody. He was just being faithful where God had placed him. It don't seem much to a lot of people to pick up kids to ride the bus. It don't seem much to hand out tracts and tell people about Jesus. It don't seem like as much. It, it don't seem like as much to go to the nursing home and have services with those in the nursing home. It, it, to some people, it don't seem like much. But looking down from heaven, it's a whole lot to God. God sees what you're doing. If you're being faithful over the small things in life that he's given you to do, me to do, he'll make you rule over the large things. Steadfast in your place. You say, well, I'm not learning to fight a giant just by being steadfast in my place. Well, let's go to the Bible. Chapter 17. Verse 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he's a man of the war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And here he is on the backside of that wilderness watching them sheep. He said, <laughs> And then came a lion and there came a bear and took a lamb out of the flock and I went after him and I smoked him and delivered it out of the mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the, his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. Over the small things, he's faithful over the small things. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of the lions. Mm -mm -mm. Shall be as one of them. 
Seeing he had defiled the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord had delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will also deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. David had confidence. He was steadfast and where God had placed him. He was steadfast in doing what his father told him to. He was watching the lambs. He was keeping the sheep. It may not seem much, but God was working in it. God said he's faithful over the small things. I see the working of him. I see how faithful he is. Hey, and there's going to come a time that nobody else is going to stand before this giant. Nobody else is going to have the faith. Nobody else is going to have to stand fast. Nobody else is going to have the confidence. But here comes that little ruddy David, 17 years old. A sling on a stone. Boy, look here. If I was David... And I had a sling, and I had a stone, and that nine-foot joker stood up to me and says, I'm going to kill you and sled you all over to let the beast of the air and the ground eat on you. I said, see you later, brother. I'm out of here. I'm gone. I ain't doing it. This guy is serious. He's a man of war. I'm just a little kid. But David had confidence in him. David had steadfast in him. He knew what God had delivered him. God had delivered him from the lion. God had delivered him from the bear. And he said, I've got confidence. If God can deliver me from them, his Philistine ain't nothing that God can't deliver me from. You've got to be steadfast. Amen. Just because they don't come around and pat you on the back. I'll go, ooh. <laughs> hey, man. I learned when I start preaching, you better get a tough hide, brother. Because the first time I went, guy looked at me and said, shut up. Uh, shut up. Is this what God calls you to do? Yeah, then tough it up. There are going to be those out there who don't like you. What? They're not going to like me? No. In fact, at church there in Smyrna, the preacher said, you're going to preach this Wednesday night? And I said, uh, yeah. There was another preacher sitting on the front pew right there and said, I don't know why you let him preach. He ain't no preacher. He ain't no good. I could have just ran and said, I'm through. I'm gone. Let me tell you what. They're going to be. David was steadfast, but also David was scorned by the people. David was scorned. He said, what do you mean? Look at verse number 41 and 44 of chapter 17. And the Philistines came and on and drew near to David. And the man that bared his shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he said, disdained him. He cursed him. For he is none but a youth, a ruddy, and a fair continence. And the Philistines said unto David, I am a Oh, that thou comest to me and staves. And the Philistine cursed David by his God. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh into the fowls of the air 
and the beasts of the field. David is standing for a nine-foot man that's cursing him. David's looking at him and saying, hey. But David was prepared in his life. He got prepared in his life. What do you mean he got prepared in his life? How in the world can you get prepared for something like this? God has a way of preparing you for every event that comes in your life. God has a way of preparing you for every giant that you're going to face in your life. Look back at chapter 16. Verse 10, again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. You see this, oh poor David, his own father has no confidence in him. His father said he said, thinks little of him. That he didn't even call him from the fields to come to be one of them that passed before Samuel. His father was, has scorned him. Look back at chapter 17, verse 28. And his own brother scorned him. Elab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto him, and Elab, anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? He said, I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thy heart. But thou art come down that thou mayest see the battle. Boy, did he get it wrong. You know why David was able to take the ridicule from the giant? Because all of David's life he was ridiculed. He was scorned by his own people. He was scorned by his friends. He was scorned by his family. Even the people that were close to David, they scorned him. Let me say this. If you ever, if you cannot take criticism constructive or otherwise because there's two there's constructive then there's destructive criticism you might as well quit and when that preacher told me hey i'm not a preacher it got to me i almost quit i almost quit but something down inside says you can't quit you can't give up amen and the only way it is that is prepare yourself. Let me tell you what. I don't want to go into the history of my family life. But it was not a pretty one. It wasn't pretty. I was scorned. I was cussed. I was cursed. I was shipped here, shipped there, shipped there, shipped here. I, I got to my life. I felt like that nobody wanted me. I've got to the point nine years old in my life thinking, I'm better off by myself. I think I can make it on my... Nine years old, I'm thinking this. In fact, at one time, I was standing up on the bedroom window, me and my brother, and I, I had some stuff packed on a stick, had a little bag on there. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm back. I'm out of here, buddy. I'm through. I can't take it. I, that preacher got up and said, hey, I'm not a preacher. Why are you going to let him preach? It could have gotten to me. It could cause me to quit. And let me just say this. If you cannot take criticism, you might as well quit today. I learned real quick, being a preacher, you're going to have to have some tough hide. Because not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to say, hey, you're the greatest. Not everybody's going to stand with you. 
And every time you die, you don't. And you decide to quit. You'll be a quitter all day long. David was prepared for what was standing before him. As this nine-foot man-killer stood there and cursed David. He said, I'm going to kill you. David knew how to take him. He didn't let it run him off. Too many of us today, we let any and every little thing in our lives run us off. Especially out of church. Amen. Can I get an amen on that one? Don't agree with me. Amen. It don't take much to run people out of church nowadays. You say the wrong thing, say the right thing, it doesn't matter. I, I, I love people when they say, <laughs> I really love it. It's not you. It's me. You better believe it. I'm not arguing with you. I agree. It's not me. It is you. It is you. I'm, I'm, that's what I tell people now. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's not you. You're not the reason why we left the church. You're right. I'm not. You're the reason. You, <laughs> you get in church and you worship and you say, well, I'm out of here. I'm checking out. I don't like this church. It's you. It's not the church. It's not God. It's not the preacher. It's not the person sitting. The people in the pew are not the enemy. Amen. You better learn to take criticism. Because that world out there, they're going to throw it at you. They're going to throw it at you. And they don't care what you feel. All they wait for you to get you broken down. You're right. I can't do that. I'm not going to serve God no more. I'm going to walk away. You're right. That's what they want. You've got to be steadfast. You've got to be able to take the criticism. He stood steadfast. He took the criticism. Criticism. He stood on his own, his position. He stood on his position. I love 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. It says, Faithful he that calleth you, who also will do it. Verse 29, chapter 17, and David said, What have I done? Is there not a cause? He turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. Here Goliath steps out and cusses the army of Israel. He's defying the armies of the living God. Debt gets de de David's dangerous. David is getting mad. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David turns and looks at the men and gives out the battle cry, Is there not a cause? He, he, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? The battle cry has gone out. Let me just say that. Is there not a cause today? Amen. David knew what he believed. And David knew why he believed it. Let me... Take your time out right there. If you come to church 
because I love this. Because we're supposed to come to church. If that's the only reason why you come to church, it won't take much to pull you from the church. David knew what he believed. Let me ask you this. Do you believe in the Bible? Is that the word of God? Are you standing on the word of God? David knew what he believed in, and David stood in what he believed in. Too many Christians today, oh, I go to church, I, I love God, but you know, there's just some things in the Bible I just don't agree with. Really? Really? What do you do, don't agree with? Well, I, I just don't believe all these people are going to hell and don't serve God. Really? You're saying if you don't serve God, you still get to go to heaven. Well, that's the way I see it. Yeah, well, I hate to be standing beside you on rapture day, but you ain't, it ain't your way. What God has said, God meant. You need to stand on the word of God. It has to be inside of you. You, can, you cannot make up your mind to stand with God when he comes and say, hey, you can't preach that, you can't teach that, you can't sing that. You can't wait to that time to make your mind up. You need to be standing right now on what God has said. It's in my heart. It's in my life. I'm not going to back down. And if you're not there now, you will never get there. David said, is there not a cause? And I look in this world today and I hear the same thing. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? I look around and see the people that are dying and going to hell. Is there not a cause? I see Christians that sit on their hands and won't give a hoot about who's dying and who's not dying. They won't hand out a tract. They won't tell anybody about God. They don't care about themselves. They say, hey, I've got in and everybody else has to get their own way. No! Go ye, go ye, we all might not seem like much to hand out a track, might not seem like much to pray for somebody, it might not seem like much to go to a nursing home, it might not seem like much to take food to somebody, but God sees it. God wants to know how faithful you are. That's what's happening in our country, in our churches today. All the issues that's going around us. All these movements. Churches now trying to figure out the KJV Bible or the NIV, non-inspired version, or the out-of-version Bible. They just, there's all kinds of things that are being tossed around today. People don't know what to think anymore. Let me say this. You need to have it settled in your heart and mind now. Because when that giant steps out and he looks you in your face, it's not a time to have it settled in your heart in who you believe and what you believe. You need to know whose side you're on right now. I'm not looking to pick sides. I'm with the Lord. I, I'm with this book, for I know whom I have, have been to believe, 
and are persuaded that he's able to keep that which he had committed in me to that last day. I've made up my mind. Giants are not going to shake me from my foundation. This world is not going to shake me from my foundation. I have anchored myself in the cause. Don't wait until the giant shows up to try to get your foundation fixed. Because it won't work. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I imagine David was singing that as he's walking to the battlefield. He saw the giant. He knew what he was facing. But he had confidence in his heart. I believe he's singing, Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I will follow. Though none go with me, I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. Where are you at today? Where are you at today? Have you settled it in your heart? Is there not a cause?